0: 1970 ray davies wrote girls will be boys and boys will be girls it's a mixed up muddled up shook up world now i ask you who would have ever thought of ray davies as a prophet well that's a discussion worth having a beer over so pardon the expression some straight talk you're in luck we're tnn the truth news network and straight talk is what we do And your latter-day prophet is Dan Newman.
1: Tell you what, I'm pretty sure, pretty darn sure, that we need some straight talk now. We've got so many more moving parts to everything that are important to our lives. It seems like every day somebody throws something else on the fire of importance, right? Well, we have a new candidate, actually not a new one, but we have an announced candidate for president. Of course, that would be the existing president, Joe Biden. We're going to dig into that in just a little bit. We still have some Tucker Carlson insanity. And of course, we all know that yesterday, shortly after this show signed off, it was announced Tucker Carlson is leaving, has left already, Fox News. And of course, the world has been set on fire. So on the same day, the exact same day, we lose the number one broadcaster talk show host in the nation, the entire nation, Tucker Carlson from Fox News. And at the same day, Joe Biden doesn't announce he's running for re-election. He sends out a video on which canned, of course, he could look at the teleprompter in that situation. And he announced, so we're going to dig into those things. There are a lot of behind the, I guess, the in-your-face stuff, a lot of examples, a lot of uh, explanations, some of which we did get, some of it we haven't yet gotten, but we will, factual purpose and reason for a lot of this stuff. And look, overnight, I made a determination of what the Democrat Party candidate for president and vice president, who they're going to be in 2024. I can't decide if I'm going to share it with you today or not. I'm thinking about it. Maybe a little bit early. you got to remember, I'm the guy that before Donald Trump even came down the escalator in Trump Tower, even before he did that, before he formally announced that he was going to run for the 2016 Republican nomination for president, I predicted if he ran, he would be president. I was laughed at. I was excoriated. It was actually in writing, and it's there. You can go back and check me out. I did that. I don't think, and I'm going to tease you, I don't think the expected candidates, the team that everybody thinks is going to run for the Democrat nomination for president and vice president. I don't think it's set yet. Hmm. And I'm not sure if I'll share that today, but it will happen. I'll give it to you in upcoming days. All that being said, we don't want to lose sight of the fact there are important things happening around the world that are important to us here. We have a war in Ukraine. We have Afghanistan Part 2, but this one's on the continent of Africa, Sudan. This State Department, this president, they are leaving Americans as the nation is left vacant of an American presence. Other than Americans that are going to get left behind in Sudan by Joe Biden Antony Blinken, Secretary of State, just as they did when they made that nasty pullout out out of Afghanistan, where still today there are more than 100 Americans hiding still in Afghanistan, trying to stay away from those who want to kill them just because they're Americans. Just when you think it can get more evil Just when you think it can get more complicated, guess what happens? It does. (laughs) That's exactly what it does. Steve Baker joins us in the second hour. And oh, by the way, the Tucker Carlson thing, as you may remember, Steve was on the Tucker show two weeks ago. And he's very close to the staff of the Tucker Carlson show, former Tucker Carlson show. And he's got some inside information. Don't know what it is. He hadn't told me yet. We'll learn it at the same time in our second hour. So you just root in. Lock yourself onto this show for the next couple of hours because it's going to be chock full, as it always is, of important news and information. And we peel back the covers and let you see and hear some things that you wouldn't get otherwise. It's what we're all about. I don't know if you watched America's Got Talent, That show, I get a little tired of it sometimes. It's almost like recycled stuff. But several years ago, there was a young guy on there, a musician, played a classical guitar that was unbelievable. Cashmere is the song that he made famous. His name is Marcin, M-A-R-C-I-N. And I thought opening the show today, it would be interesting for those of you that may not have heard him, may not have heard his rendition of this song, Kashmir, but I'm going to tell you before you listen, every sound you hear came from his guitar. Now, in all clarity, there's overdubbing of this, but what you're going to hear 90% of is live. Enjoy this as we get buckled in for a big day. is pretty good on the guitar and uh, I don't even think he's 20 years old yet when he was on AGT he was probably 15 14 15 16 years old I don't know but very very young that kind of talent is unusual and when you see it and hear it you just want to go my goodness how does a young guy do that most of that by the way is self-taught which is even more incredible as a musician I can tell you You don't hear and see that kind of stuff very often. But talking about some of the stuff that you don't see and hear very often, we get that every day right here at TNN Live from the important people in our lives, the people that lead us. We're electing people to go to Congress, go to the White House, and they're revealing things to us on a daily basis. They're pretty scary in many cases. Sometimes it seems like it's worse than it really is. Sometimes it seems much more benign than things really are. And it's hard to discern any longer the good from the bad, the right from the wrong, the lie from the truth. So what we try to do is the same things you try to do. You try to filter through, find the good stuff, find the truthful stuff and make decisions based upon what you're seeing and hearing. Our president, Joe Biden, 80 years old, if he is going to run for re-election, which he announced early this morning, through a video, by the way, not uh, live, through a video, he is throwing his hat in the ring to run again for president. He'd be 82 years old when he gets elected. If he does his whole term, he'd be 86 years old. A lot of people talking about that. A lot of people, most people that I talk to don't think it will work, especially following the cognitive disability that he already is showing. And it's getting worse and worse almost every day. We'll get into all of that stuff later. But if you didn't see or hear the video, his announcement this morning, turn your volume up because he does a lot of whispering in this. But here's Joe Biden announcing this morning, He's going to run for re election.
2: Freedom. Personal freedom is fundamental to who we are as Americans. There's nothing more important, nothing more sacred. That's been the work of my first term to fight for our democracy. This shouldn't be a retribution protect our rights, to make sure that everyone in this country is treated equally, and that everyone is given a fair shot at making it. But you know, around the country, MAGA extremists are lining up to take on those bedrock freedoms, cutting Social Security that you've paid for your entire life while cutting taxes for the very wealthy, dictating what healthcare decisions women can make, banning books and telling people who they can love, all while making it more difficult for you to be able to vote. When I ran for president four years ago, I said we're in a battle for the soul of America, and we still are. The question we're facing is whether in the years ahead, we have more freedom or less freedom, more rights or fewer. I know what I want the answer to be, and I think you do too. This is not a time to be complacent. That's why I'm running for reelection, because I know America. I know we're good and decent people. I know we're still a country that believes in honesty and respect and treating each other with dignity. That we're a nation where we give hate no safe harbor. We believe that everyone is equal, that everyone should be given a fair shot to succeed in this country. Thank you for choosing us. Every generation of Americans have faced a moment when they have to defend democracy. Stand up for our personal freedom. Stand up for the right to vote and our civil rights. And this is our moment. me. Go to JoeBiden.com and sign up. Let's finish this job. I know we can, because this is the United States of America. There's nothing, simply nothing we cannot do if we do it together.
1: Of course, we all heard together there him repeat that promise that he said when campaigning against Donald Trump. Quote, I don't want to be the president of Democrats. I don't want to be the president of Republicans. I want to be president of all the people, the United States of America. Did you hear that repeat? No, you didn't hear that. Let me tell you what else you didn't hear. This is his... Re election launch, you just heard three minutes. There's no even mention of any single achievement in his first term, probably because there really isn't one. What else is missing? Any plan for what he might hope to achieve if he's re elected? Instead, what you just heard, you can go back and listen to it again. In fact, When I finish this segment, and I'll I'll play it for you again, I want you to listen to it again after I tell you what you heard and what you didn't hear. The video dwells on abortion. They call it, he calls it, personal freedom, as well as MAGA extremist, whom he's told us again and again through three years, the country must defeat in what Biden calls a battle for the soul of America. And that's a repeating of a theme from his 2020 campaign. It's the same old, tired stuff. Freedom. And by the way, abortion is health care, of course. Freedom. Personal freedom is fundamental to who we are as Americans. There's nothing more important. Nothing more sacred. Where'd that come from? That line... Freedom, Personal freedom is fundamental to who we are as Americans. There's nothing more important, nothing more sacred. It came from his much criticized, dark Brandon speech. Remember that one? At Philadelphia's Independence Hall, it was all dark with red in the background. (laughs) And then he said, that's been the work of my first term to fight for our democracy. This shouldn't be a red or blue issue. Now that, this shouldn't be a red or blue issue, that comes from his first address to Congress in 2021, refers to his demand for greater gun control. To protect our rights, to make sure that everyone in this country is treated equally, and that everyone is given a fair shot at making it. But you know, around the country, MAGA extremists are lining up to take on those bedrock freedoms cutting Social Security that you paid for for your entire life while cutting taxes for the very wealthy. Uh, Joe, there's no Republican plan to cut Social Security, not one, though Biden advocated doing so for many years when he was in the Senate. And he admits the fact that tax cuts passed by Republicans in 2017 primarily benefited the middle class dictating what healthcare decisions women can make, banning books, telling people who they can love, all while making it more difficult for you to be able to vote. And of course, those lines, they debunk several claims. Republicans are not banning books, though Democrats are moving to restrict free speech and freedom of the press from top to bottom. There's no evidence that new voter integrity laws restrict the ability to vote. In fact, they've always said before every election, Republicans don't want to let you vote, those evil white people. They want to stop black people from being able to vote. They don't even mention that in the last election and the one before it, more people voted than ever before in the states that they warned Republicans aren't going to let you vote if you're a minority member. Laws like voter ID are correlated with higher turnout, especially among minorities. When I ran for president four years ago, I said we were in a battle for the soul of America, and we still are. That comes from his Charlottesville very fine people hoax. If you remember, Biden used that, and it was a faced lie, to motivate Americans in his campaign. The questions we're facing is whether in the years ahead we have more freedom or less freedom, more rights or fewer. I know what I want the answer to be, and I think you do too. This is not the time to be complacent. That's why I'm running for re-election, because I know America. I know we're good and decent people. I know we're still a country that believes in honesty and respect and treating each other with dignity. That we're a nation where we give hate no safe harbor. We believe that everyone is equal. That everyone should be given a fair shot to succeed in this country. And ironically, probably just <laughs> listening to what I gave you from his speech, you say, yeah, right, because you remember some of the irony that Biden would actually say these things. His policy of equity, it sets aside equality. Equity. Equity is something that people decide. Equality is just, you go for it. You have the full right in the nation to achieve whatever you're willing to pay the price to achieve. Big difference there. Equity treats people unequally in the hope of achieving equal outcomes and addressing what Democrats describe as historical injustice that has persisted. Thank you for choosing us. Thank you. Every generation of Americans has faced a moment when they have to defend democracy, stand up for our personal freedoms, stand up for the right to vote and our civil rights. And this is our moment. Thanks, man. We the people will not be silent. Ironically, the Biden administration has pressured social media companies to silence political dissent. His FBI, his DOJ, actually paid Twitter to silence people that had different political opinions than the Biden gang. (laughs) Well, God love you. Arriba, Biden. (laughs) So if you're with me, go to JoeBiden.com and sign up. Let's finish this job. I know we can because this is the United States of America and there's nothing, simply nothing, we can't do if we do it together. The only hints, possible hints at any kind of first-time achievement or in the video you didn't see it, you just heard the audio stripped out of it or images of Biden's nomination of Justice Ketanji Brown-Jackson to the Supreme Court. The video doesn't mention economic policy. Doesn't mention foreign policy, doesn't mention any challenges like uh, inflation or the southern border or the fact that Joe Biden refuses to enforce the rule of law or have anybody in his administration do it. Crime is rampant around the nation. Democrats, maybe not him specifically, but on his watch, defund the cops went nationwide. It's focused on oblique references to abortion and attacks on MAGA extremists. Don't forget, by the way, he hates at least half the nation. Over and over again, he demeaned any conservative, every conservative, not just Republicans, but those evil MAGA people, Trump supporters, half the nation. But he still wants to be not the president of Democrats, not the president of Republicans, but president of the United States of America. So listen, listen to him again.
2: Freedom. Personal freedom is fundamental to who we are as Americans. There's nothing more important, nothing more sacred. That's been the work of my first term. To fight for our democracy. This shouldn't be a retribution. To protect our rights. To make sure that everyone in this country is treated equally. And that everyone is given a fair shot at making it. But you know, around the country, MAGA extremists are lining up to take on those bedrock freedoms. Cutting Social Security that you've paid for your entire life while cutting taxes for the very wealthy, dictating what healthcare decisions women can make, banning books and telling people who they can love, all while making it more difficult for you to be able to vote. When I ran for president four years ago, I said we're in a battle for the soul of America, and we still are. The question we're facing is whether in the years ahead we have more freedom or less freedom, more rights or fewer. I know what I want the answer to be, and I think you do too. This is not a time to be complacent. That's why I'm running for re-election. Because I know America. I know we're good and decent people. I know we're still a country that believes in honesty and respect and treating each other with dignity. That we're a nation where we give hate no safe harbor. We believe that everyone is equal, that everyone should be given a fair shot to succeed in this country. Thank you for choosing Thank us. You. Every generation of Americans have faced a moment when they have to defend democracy. Stand up for our personal freedom. Stand up for the right to vote and our civil rights. And this is our moment. So if you're with me, go to Joe So if you with me, Let's finish this job. I know we can. Because this is the United States of America. There's nothing, simply nothing we cannot do if we do it together.
1: There you have it. You heard it for the second time. The president's announcement for re-election coming up next year, 2024. And, uh, oh my gosh. Look. Here's the deal. 70% of Americans say he should not run again. Think about that. Now, let's just suppose for a moment he stays in the race, and that's not even a for-sure thing. I mean, it's a long way, a long way to November next year. A lot of things can happen between now and then. If we cannot defeat Biden in 2024, what does that say about conservatism in America? I think we got to take a hard look in the mirror. If you haven't noticed, the conservative movement is in a crisis and we're on a losing streak. Republicans could have won the 2020 election and we certainly should have performed far better in the 2022 midterms, but we didn't. We didn't. The urgent question that got to be answered is why? I think the conservatives have lost confidence in our own. Ideas. We've been led to believe the principles don't matter anymore, but performances do. That celebrity, fame, and fortune is more important than substance. That punching back is more important than articulating a vision that's compelling, that all America want to sign into. And look what that has gotten us. Since Joe Biden was inaugurated, hardworking Americans have become poor, Our citizenry has become more polarized and our enemies have become emboldened. The challenge that conservatives are going to face in attempting to defeat Biden is not one of ideas. Come on now, we know what we believe. The challenge is in who we send up as a candidate to face Joe Biden. The right cannot simply rail against the other side and achieve victory. We need to be present with solutions more than just sound bites. His policies, Bidens, of high taxes, government handouts, heavy regulation, have given us the weakest economy since Jimmy Carter was in office. We started a country down the path of failed socialist states. Biden's already tried to cancel student debt as well as mortgage payments for his own political gain. And in just a few days, a brand new administration rule is going to take effect that forces home buyers that have good credit to take on higher interest rates. You know why? To subsidize those who have poor credit scores. In addition to being illegal, which they are, by the way, these are all efforts to redistribute wealth. Socialism. Meanwhile, American families, probably like yours and like mine, struggle to make ends meet because of the highest levels of inflation in four decades. Biden's act, that is crazily named the Inflation Reduction Act, only made it worse funneling massive government spending into those crazy green energy projects that will do nothing to reduce the cost of living or to bring down our energy prices. America must return to the free market policies that put our economy back on track while Ronald Reagan was in office. Reagan's order to remove price controls on oil and gas production and distribution instantly, within a matter of weeks, lowered energy prices for every American. Showing that same commitment to free market policies in the energy industry today, like approving drilling leases, removing regulations, can bring energy prices back down quickly so our families can once again prosper. More freedom, less government. We gotta have it. It's not only gonna right the ship but we will give America another 250 years of greatness. We got to integrate the conservative ideals of deterrence and peace through strength back into our foreign policy. We don't have any foreign policy now. It's real simple. Hey, y'all. Hey, y'all, we're for sale. We got a bunch of money over here. Biden's tenure has delivered a much more unstable and dangerous world. His botched withdrawal out of Afghanistan resulted in the deaths of 13 American soldiers using our own explosives that were left at Bagram Air Base when all of a sudden Biden just pulled out. That's right. That suicide bomb came from our Joe Biden's left behind explosive. And then there's Vladimir Putin. Biden hadn't done a thing about what Putin did and is still doing in Ukraine. Hold the Communist Party of China accountable for unleashing and then covering up COVID-19. That's all clear evidence that Biden lacks an ability or even a desire to defend America's vital natural interests or lead the free world. The next Republican nominees got to show a capacity for real leadership by making clear our nation's security and prosperity and that of our allies depend on our combined ability to show strength and deter our shared adversaries. Just think back when Donald Trump, his first trip, where did he go? He went to the Middle East. All of those Muslim leaders of every Muslim nation went and met with him and he showed them strength and every one of them came on board. You know, that's where those Abraham Accords came from. Never in history had Muslim countries pulled together and agreed to work together with Israel. You think Joe Biden could do that? He wouldn't do it because he despises Israel. We've got to articulate a foreign policy that serves the American people's interests first, that doesn't resort to retrenchment or isolationism. We've got to unify again. That means providing Ukraine the assistance they need to get this fight against Russia's aggression over with, standing with our ally Israel against Iranian aggression throughout the Middle East, denying China's efforts to expand its military footprint and their quest to get regional domination in South Asia. It also means telling a simple truth. Our borders are as sovereign as any nation's, and every tool of our power must be used to preserve them. I remember when people just laughed at Ronald Reagan. Remember when he stood in Berlin and he looked up at that wall, the Berlin Wall behind him, and he said, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. I heard Americans on the left just laugh their butts off at him. That was the beginning of his win of the Cold War. And we didn't have to fire a single shot. We can win the peace again by adhering to that same wisdom today. Weakness is an open door for aggression. And only strength, not braggadocious strength, but real strength, will deter aggression. If all conservatives do in this election is claim victimhood, if we only seek to stir up resentment against our political opponents, we lose. We've got to offer up a truly unifying vision. We got to make clear any ideology assigning guilt or privilege that's based on race or gender, it's evil and it's un American. We got to reclaim and champion what America's always stood for a proposition that all people are created equal and that true success is achieved through virtue, morality, hard work. And by the way, enforcing the rule of law. Our greatness was founded on the character, the merit, the excellence of its people, top to bottom. If we want to secure our future, we've got to secure it again through the same things. These are the principles in which every true conservative believes. They must be the foundation of our vision that is offered up by any and all conservative politicians that want to run for the White House. If we can get that right, pretty sure the American people will make the right choice at the right time. We've got to do this. i got to be honest with you. My personal opinion is If we miss this time, this may be our last shot. I'm not going to go into it, not going to get deep into it. But I got to tell you, folks, I think our kids, their generation, are in trouble unless we the people take back our country. And we don't have any say-so today. If you're a conservative, right now you don't have any say-so. We had Mike Johnson on this show yesterday. Did you listen in Congressman Mike Johnson, fourth most powerful Republican in the US Congress? And I I confronted him. I asked him three things, the three most important things right now that we're facing. And if you missed the show, let me tell you, go back and get it. It's the top of the second hour. It's about 30 minutes. Very critical responses. Very truthful responses. He didn't. He didn't try to make it easy and simple and tasteful. I wouldn't let him. We've got to be honest with each other. We've got to do the right thing, and we've got to stop this pontification of demeaning anybody and everybody that has a differing opinion. Unless we do that, we're done. So, Ms. Harris, what makes you think you're a good fit with us here at Schmidt, Starks, and Sopransky? Oh,
3: sir, there are so many reasons. I specialized in research and theoretical studies for several years at the Southampton Institute, mm-hmm. preceded by intensive graduate studies at Syracuse. <laughs> Certainly, my skills are well-suited for a position here at Schmidt, Starks, and sopransky Oh, thanks. A
4: job interview. And a root canal on the same day. Want to get away? Get the heck out of there with Southwest Airlines. Fly coast to coast for $99 or less by November 3rd.
3: It was nice meeting you, sir.
4: Yes, we'll get back to you soon. Soon. Southwest Airlines, a symbol of freedom. Call 1-800-IFLY-SWA.
1: Northern Tool and Equipment. My girlfriend has given me a pet name. I'm afraid to ask. Snuggle Muffin. No, it isn't.
3: And she uses it in
5: public. Okay, so give your girlfriend a pet name she'll hate, like uh, Thunder
6: Chunky.
7: I couldn't do that.
6: I see. Too harsh for Snuggle Muffin. Okay. Drown her out with a 200 mile per hour cordless leaf blower.
7: Got it. Here she comes. Hey, Snuggle
3: Muffin. What are you doing, Snuggle Snuggle,
7: snuggle- I am so out of here. Wait. Come back, Thunder
0: Chunky. There's no problem a little horsepower can't solve. Northern Tool and Equipment. It seems like every summer
4: starts with a song. Maybe it's one we heard on the radio during our morning drive. Or maybe it was playing in the cafe we ducked into for lunch. Wherever they catch us, certain songs seem to take us away. Songs of waves and sand. Of forests and hillsides. Of growing up and growing old. Songs that get in our heads and make us smile as we hum them to ourselves. Songs of the sun coming up and the ragtop going down. Of friends we just met and the ones we'll have for life. Songs that define the moments, like the ones we find in Michigan, where we take our someday list and start to check things off. A day spent gliding on a sailboat, floating on a pontoon, and climbing over that next hill. A rhythm that takes us somewhere better. Somewhere like Pure Michigan. Your trip begins at Michigan.org. As the sum of each generation before it, the next generation Corvette stands alone. As the new standard of precision and performance, of engineering and technology. Of everything that makes an icon, an icon. And a Corvette, a Corvette.
1: We're beginning a very busy, busy, important news day. If you just joined us... I've had several people regulars that have said, "Hey, I missed the first 15 20 minutes of the show. What did I miss? Have you talked about Tucker yet?" Well, in just a couple of minutes we're going to let you hear from um, somebody that I've always liked, Megan Kelly. Remember her? She was on Fox News at night for years and she left in the middle of a real strange battle went to NBC, didn't work out a daytime talk show with her there and they cut her loose and had to pay the balance of her $20 million contract. Well, she's back doing her own show podcast and um, she's doing a really good job there. But she weighed in about the Tucker Carlson thing. But we're going to really wait into it when Steve Baker joins us at the top of the hour. If you remember, Steve was on the Tucker Carlson show a couple of weeks ago. And he has worked with and has good friends that are, at least were, on Tucker Carlson's team. And uh, Steve and I communicated through text, and he said he's got the inside scooper information. So he'll be here. We're going to get to him exactly as close as we can to 10 o'clock. So you don't want to miss that. Between here and there, a couple of other crazy things came out. Former Clinton Labor Secretary. And this guy, you'll know who I'm talking about when I give you his name in just a second, but he said that states around the nation, and this is a quote, must refuse to place Trump's name on the 2024 ballot. Who is this guy? The little guy, remember him? Robert Reich. He's a former labor secretary for Bill Clinton. He said these states should just refuse to put his name on the ballot. Reich made his comments in an op-ed that was published yesterday in The Guardian. He argues that Trump is guilty of treason under the 14th Amendment because of his claim that the 2020 presidential election was stolen from him. The 14th Amendment prohibits anyone guilty of insurrection against the United States from serving in any kind of public office. There are some problems with Mr. Reich's assertion, He tends to forget that in the previous four presidential elections in which Republicans won, that Democrat members of Congress stood up on the floor and made motions to throw out the election results and gave a bunch of different reasons, but they claimed that those elections were stolen from the Democrat that was running for the White House. Rice said this in his op-ed, Secretaries of State, who in most cases are in charge of deciding who gets on the ballot, must refuse to place Donald Trump's name on the 2024 ballot based on the clear meaning of Section 3 of the 14th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. Rice outlined a doomsday scenario in which Biden wins the election in 2024, But then Trump gets a coalition of Republican state legislators to object to Biden's slate of electors, which is what Rice's Democrats have tried to do four previous times. Rice said, Trump tried these tactics once. The likelihood of him trying again is greater now because his loyalists are now in much stronger positions throughout state and federal government. In December, House Democrats introduced legislation which would bar Trump from running for a second term, claiming that Trump, quote, very clearly engaged in an insurrection on January 6, 2021. 14th Amendment, they say, makes clear that based on his past behavior, Donald Trump is disqualified from ever holding federal office again, and under Section 5, Congress has the power to pass legislation to implement this prohibition. In January a year ago, Reich came under fire for saying that Democrats should slap Arizona Senator Kirsten Cinema for voting against ending the filibuster. How about that? I didn't like the guy when he served as a labor secretary with Bill Clinton and he makes absolutely no sense. But you know what they're banking on? that Democrat minions out there in Never Never Land aren't going to even give a rip about the law. Nobody's been convicted of insurrection. Nobody's been tried for insurrection. And Rice is out there, oh, don't put him on the ballot because he clearly, he committed insurrection. He did not. And you can book it. If he had, they impeached him twice. Why would they not go after him again? The Department of Justice, with that bastion of integrity and honesty, leading the the Department of Justice, Merrick Garland, oh my goodness. If he had any inkling that he could be successful at putting Donald Trump up for trial for insurrection, it would have already happened. And you know it, Biden would have been foaming at the mouth to make it happen. what's going to happen? I told you this was going to be a very big news day. You know, we we don't have any problems down south anymore. You don't hear about them. Nobody's coming in illegally anymore, right? Well, guess what? Two days ago, 3,000 migrants set out on a large caravan walk from southern Mexico, began walking north in what organizers are saying was a protest demanding an end to detention centers like the one that burned down last month, killing dozens. Yeah, forget about that illegals like themselves are the ones that set mattresses on fire that killed those dozens. But you know what? Facts don't matter. People don't need facts to make decisions, right? The migrants that are headed this way, mostly or Venezuelans, started walking north early two days ago from a city in Mexico close to the border with Guatemala. Their stated goal is to reach Mexico City in 10 days, appeal for the closure of those detention centers. Now they started with 3,000. How many of them do you think it's, what's the number going to be when they get to Mexico? Who knows? Most caravans that started in southern Mexico have headed north toward the U.S., with migrants often seeing such mass walks as a way to get here, get to the border. We joined the caravan to be safer, not to be detained. One Venezuelan migrant, who only gave his first name, said in an interview, he said that once in Mexico City, he and his family are hoping to speed up the legal process for onward travel, his term, onward travel it's unclear how many of the protesters plan to continue on towards the United States. Organizer of it, Irino Mujica, told the AP that the migrants are demanding the closure of Mexico's immigration agency, which some have blamed for that March 27th fire at detention center in Juarez right across the border from El Paso to kill 40 people injured a dozen more. It could well have been any of us Migrant Miriam Orgueta said of those killed in the fire, in fact, a lot of our countrymen died. The only thing we're asking for is justice and to be treated like anyone else. How about Ms. Orgueta? How about just being held responsible for breaking United States federal law if you get up to the border? How about that? You don't have to roll the dice and take a chance of getting hurt. Just stay at home. Or by the way, if you want to come to the United States and you want to do it legally, we will encourage you to do just that. Go to the consulate, the U.S. consulate in the closest city to where you live and file to be able to do so legally. We'll all support you. Now, before Steve Baker gets here in a few minutes, I told you yesterday Megan Kelly weighed in. Her opinion, this is right after it was announced that Tucker Carlson is out at Fox News. Here's Kelly in a conversation about what and why and what the results may be of Tucker Carlson leaving Fox.
7: You see him clearly too. You've been on his show, you like him. Your reaction to this news, Steve?
5: Well, it's shocking. I I was saying to someone earlier, and I have to say, my text messages and direct messages are on fire (laughs) right now. Uh, It's very rare these days in the media world for something to happen and to be a total shock. Uh, People get hired and fired, and companies like BuzzFeed News just completely get shut down. And it's not really shocking. I mean, it's surprising, you know, but it's not shocking. This news this morning is a total shock. I I have to say, uh, to me. Perhaps other people saw it coming in some way, but I, I have not seen that in any capacity. And as we saw from the clip to end the show on Friday night, I don't think Tucker necessarily anticipated that this would go this way. So I I do find it shocking. Look, I've known Tucker for a long time. I first interviewed him in 2008. Uh, it was the very first time I, I spoke with him, met him around that time. I've interviewed him probably five or six times since then, and and maintained a, a relationship with him. I've been critical of him in Fourth Watch and other places when I feel like it's warranted, uh, but more often than not, I don't. I think it's one of the best shows but fair. that's critical on but fair. news. Yeah, yeah, and I and I think he's someone that is totally unique in the marketplace. I've I've described him. Joe Rogan and you as the as essentially the three most interesting people in the media. And I think that that maintains and I think whatever happens next, we don't know exactly what went down. And I think I'm hearing three different things as potentials. But whatever happens next, he will maintain a space in the media. And I think it'll be very interesting.
7: This will be good for Tucker. This is going to be great for Tucker. I'm not worried about Tucker at all. I predict Tucker goes independent. Tucker launches a podcast or digital show and crushes it, absolutely crushes it. I thought many times if I came directly to podcast from my primetime show in Fox— I mean, it was a different landscape back then, just in 2017. But that would have been the best way to set myself up in the digital world because you take your audience with you immediately. People weren't really doing that back then. But if he does that now, he's gonna be better off than he was at Fox. Tucker was in the prime time at Fox News in the post-Roger Ailes era where they weren't paying the stars what they were paying back in the day. You know, Rachel Maddow was reportedly making $30 million a year. Trust me, that's not what they were paying Tucker Carlson. And he can make huge money in the independent lane as long as he has a fan base, which he clearly does. And over here in this lane, he doesn't have anybody telling him what he can or cannot say.
5: Right. Right. Yeah. Look, we had Alex Berenson on uh, a few days ago. Alex Berenson does great work. He has a sub stack and he and. But Alex Berenson is, is obviously not Tucker Carlson. But Alex Berenson, if you read the reports, is making millions of dollars a year on his substack. Uh, that, is, that is where the landscape is these days. If you have some a differentiating factor, and again, all due respect to Alex, he's nowhere in the league of Tucker Carlson. So yes, I think the, the closest analogy would be like Glenn Beck, who left at the height of his time at Fox and started The Blaze. And was originally called GBTV, and as has been reported, you know, got about a couple hundred thousand subscribers to pay hundred dollars a year, uh, and and very quickly became a giant business. That was beyond Glenn; he started a whole company um, that has maintained to this day. But that's the closest analogy to someone leaving at absolute height. And even Glenn wasn't at the height, I would say, that Tucker is in the traditional media space. Obviously, Tucker's doing documentaries and long-form interviews on Fox Nation as well. So he's got all of these various things in the works. And and for it to be a shock, I mean, I'm getting text messages from people who are, I would say, are in the know in the business. And they're just like emojis, just like the, the shock face emoji. I mean, that, mm-hmm. no one saw this coming. And, and I would just throw out there, Megan, I, I think there are three camps that I'm hearing from right now. One is is, he, is this some sort of way of pushing them out related to Dominion, related to another lawsuit that's going on? I would be shocked, but that's obviously one point of view out there. Is this Tucker being told to do something or not do something and saying, no, and in fact, I'm going to leave because of that? That's certainly a possibility. Uh, and then, of course, there's a the speculation about, about politics, which I also do not think is true, but I've seen that as well. I don't believe that one.
7: Okay, let's talk about those. Um, We'll take them in reverse order. Yes, somebody say, I think, was it uh, Stephen Miller? Stephen L. Miller tweeted out, he's running. Now, he may have been joking. I don't know. Stephen L. Miller is very funny. Um, So it could have been a tongue in cheek, he's running. But a lot of people think he's going to run for office. I don't think so. I I just don't think so. Tucker's got way more influence sitting behind a microphone than he does standing on a debate stage. So who knows? Uh, But I've never heard him say he wants to do that. You know, I'm, I'm not like one of his besties, but we're friends. Um, the lawsuit. So we've talked about the Dominion lawsuit on this show many times, and I'm, we're not going to bore the audience by going back over it. But the highlight on Dominion is Tucker, while he had a couple of texts behind the scenes which weren't helpful, his texts paled in comparison to those of the executives. The de- their their texts and their deposition testimonies, and Tucker's the one who went out on the air and said Sidney Powell is bullshit.
5: Yeah. Exactly. So the Dominion thing doesn't
7: make sense.
5: It doesn't make sense. And for a couple of reasons, like like you said, there's that. Also, if you want to say that there was something that came out of the Dominion you know, texts that was embarrassing to Tucker and Fox, it was probably that he really was pretty critical of Donald Trump in a lot of ways. And yet Donald Trump sat down and did the long form interview with Tucker very recently. And so it seems like everything is squashed. In fact, I just listened to, to Trump on the full send podcast over the weekend and he was again praising Tucker. This was a very recent interview. So I think that whatever bad blood there might've been there is squashed as well. So well, and I don't Fox think that is that
7: anti-Trump these days anyway. So like they they, they wouldn't be holding that against Tucker. But no. the the worst thing I saw on Tucker's watch during the Dominion lawsuit was there was a an internal text that he, they had to produce in the lawsuit where he was mad about some reporter, a straight news reporter, uh, I think it was Jackie Henrich, fact-checking yeah. Trump claims about Dominion that it aired on Hannity. And he said something like she should be fired, which was not good. But you and I discussed that too. I, I'm not going to excuse the text, but I, I understand it wasn't. Oh my God, she offered Fox on on she offered facts on Fox and should be fired. There's a hard rule at Fox News that you don't shoot inside the tent, and and this was her going on and fact checking Hannity essentially. Yes. Yeah,
5: this was this, this you'd was have to thing. clear
7: that with management before you did it as a straight news reporter at Fox News
5: of course why why should you do it as a straight news reporter it, it, that's fact checking sean hannity i mean that that does seem like it makes it, it, there's two things about that that uh, that of course most of the media ignore yes exactly like you said it was actually about sean hannity not just about donald trump and jackie heinrich is still there still right there in the white house briefing you know, briefing room every day she's only been promoted since then so that's not like there is some you know like they've they've been critical of some of the texts not from tucker but from others about chris Dyerwald and bill Salmon, and then what ended up leading to their departure jackie heinrich still remains there so so, so that's that, that had no effect. So,
7: but, well, and the, but, and the other thing is, look at the Suzanne Scott texts talking about right. how other reporters like uh, Jillian, I can't remember their names, forgive me. A lot of these people came up to Rise be, after I left <clears throat> and I don't watch cable news anymore. But um, saying like, she, she needs to be reined in. She doesn't understand yeah. what our audience wants. That was from the CEO of the company. So is Suzanne Scott getting fired? Because that's really my, my we'll get to them, the others after we finish this Tucker analysis. So I don't believe Dominion, was behind uh, the, the Dominion settlement. I just don't believe it. Especially because Rupert made enough admissions during his deposition to sink the company at the trial without any help from Tucker. So I don't believe Dominion. I don't well, believe throw, he's running. Well, we're throwing
5: this out in real time, Megan. Let me just throw this at you because this I got this from someone. Is there a chance that buried in the settlement is we need some scalps? And and that's what Dominion did in order to not have this go to trial. And that may have I would been think of, why would
7: they want Tucker's scalp? They would want Maria's scalp. They would want Jeanine Pirro's scalp. They would want Suzanne Scott's scalp. Tucker, I mean, yes, there were a couple of comments. And The left all hates Tucker, but I just yeah. can't imagine a world in which Rupert and Lachlan bow to that kind of pressure. I agree. But I could be wrong because there's no way this happened without Rupert's blessing. No way. So he clearly did sign off on losing him, um, which again, just makes absolutely no sense to me. So let's talk about the other lawsuit. And I'm going to get reaction is pouring in now. The the nightmares over at the View, we'll get to them. But the um the, the other lawsuit that you mentioned, Abby Grossberg, uh, yeah, is that her name? That's one. All right. So there's I've seen the speculation as you have as well that her lawsuit may have had something to do with this. I reject this fully, but this is, let's talk about what the speculation is. She worked for Tucker and she also worked for Maria. She was a producer who had to turn over her documents and emails and so on during the Dominion lawsuit. She had been making recordings of some of her discussions, i.e. with Maria and Giuliani that she had on a phone. We also reported this last week or whenever it came out that um, she then went to the lawyers of Fox and said, you need to produce this in the context of the Dominion lawsuit. It's it's responsive. It's a dead phone, but it has recordings on it. And she says they didn't, they they let it lie. And then she quit. She sued Fox and said, you tried to manipulate my testimony before I went into deposition. You kind of strong-armed me into lying on, to help you. I feel disgusting about the whole thing. Oh, and by the way, here's his phone that's got recordings that are relevant that you didn't turn over. So that's the worst way as a lawyer for Fox to find out that there are recordings of your people that are responsive, but that appears to be what happened. The judge was mad. The judge sanctioned Fox News right before they settled. And this woman's still suing Fox News, claiming um, that all that happened and also alleging things like the C word was regularly bandied about um, in the news pod and on Tucker's team. Look, I can tell you this. And you know, two of the women who work for me at Fox News work for me right now. My my like two main producers, Canadian Debbie and Kelly McGuire. They're both with me now, and they they could be fact witnesses on this. When I when shit went down, Roger Ailes got fired. I met with my entire team at the Kelly file, and I said, you know, what you're reading in the paper is true. I spoke with Lachlan, and I spoke with the investigators, and I told the truth about what happened to me years ago. But if this place were some disgusting misogynistic hellhole, I would not have stayed here. And the narrative people are running with about Fox News and our colleagues, because they're enjoying so much this news, they're false. That those narratives are lies. This is not a disgusting place to work where people are regularly talking about women like that and regularly dumping all over women. Yes, it's happening. And it happened at the very highest levels. But I told them that. And I just I have a very hard time imagining that post-Roger Ailes. Post, you know, my stint in the tenure, Fox took such a hard turn back that they're running around like she's a C and she's a C and that Mm -hmm. one's a C in the news pods, which are small and everyone can hear they're they're out in the newsroom. I don't believe it. I I don't believe that. And I certainly don't believe they would fire Tucker over that allegation.
1: I wanted you to hear Megyn Kelly. Now, remember, this is media going after and talking about, other media. These are people that work behind the scenes. They understand the X's and O's that people like you and I don't necessarily understand. Joining us now from Durham, North Carolina, Steve Baker. Hey, buddy. Welcome aboard. Good morning, Dan. Good to be here. Uh, I, uh, I woke him up this morning with a text that said something to the effect of, well, I guess we don't have much to talk about today. (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh. Biden's reannounced. He didn't say one word about what he was going to do. He didn't say one word about what he's done. In fact, if he did either one of those, nobody'd vote for him. <laughs> and then we well. have then we have <laughs> our buddy Tucker Carlson that got the can yesterday and uh, you replied to me this morning with the one sentence mysterious Little thing that said, I've got some inside information on Tucker Carlson. So, look, there's a lot of speculation out there on the streets. Um, Let me just, let's start at the end of this and and back right into it. This may Uh be, financially, the best thing that ever happened to Tucker Carlson. If you think Joe Rogan, who is making tens of millions of dollars a year with his YouTube podcast, Joe Rogan. Most people don't even know who Joe Rogan is unless you're a podcast groupie. Yeah. He's making that kind of money. If Tucker Carlson just does the same kind of show as Joe Rogan and he brings nobody over but just his fans that followed him at Fox, I don't I I can't even fathom how much money he could he could make there if
6: that's what Tucker is all about.
1: So let's start there. Discussion,
6: yeah, I had that exact a discussion with somebody yesterday, and I said that I thought it would be the best thing in the world for Tucker to follow the Joe Rogan roadmap. For one thing, if you recall, Rumble, the alternative uh, video platform to YouTube, which has l- largely become you know a refuge for those who have been booted off of YouTube, silenced there, blocked or demonetized. One way or the other, um, they offered Joe Rogan 150 million dollars to come over there and leave Spotify, which he had just you know, received a new contract from them a couple of years ago. And then there was a great controversy, and some of Spotify's employees were were going to protest or walk out or uh, go on strike because they brought Joe Rogan on, and you know, which is kind of ridiculous because we're talking about a guy who even though he is, I think, a a honest broker of, of news and information, he is, you know, he's a Bernie boy. He, he supported Bernie Sanders. So he's not a, you know, right wing flamethrower by any means, but he hosts people on his show that the left doesn't want uh, to see and doesn't want to hear and they want silenced. So just because he will talk to anybody left, right, middle or whatever, uh, they, they want him uh, silenced themselves. So when they off, when Rumble offered him that kind of money and then knowing that Rumble uh, is supported by a couple of um, uh, billionaire investors, I thought to myself uh, right after I heard the Tucker Carlson news, I went, holy cow, is there going to be some big money offers coming his way from the likes of Rumble and otherwise? It's going to be interesting to watch. And
1: there's still a lot of things underground that are unknown about this. Um I just, the first thing that came to mind, I mean, I've been a Tucker fan for many, many, many years. I mean, I I watched him when he was with CNN and MSNBC, Mm -hmm. and he seemed to be the only adult in the room having those conversations when he did. And I really liked it when he landed at Fox because they pretty much gave him carte blanche. And you could tell that he wasn't being edited by people upstairs, Uh, people upstairs like Paul Ryan. Former Republican Speaker of the House, who is a rhino, Republican in name only. He ran as a vice president running mate for Mitt Romney uh, when they ran against Barack Obama's reelection back in uh, 2012. And he suddenly, after Donald Trump was elected, he did the speaker thing for two years and then he bailed. But he got the gig upstairs at Fox and he cannot stand Donald Trump. In fact, just a few weeks ago, he publicly stated that if Trump gets the Republican nomination, Ryan's not going to the Republican convention. Now, when I read that, I said, who the heck does he think he is? And does he think he has any clout? Well, I will bet you when it all comes down, even though Lachlan, Lachlan, the son of the owner, of Fox News apparently is the one that pushed Tucker out we're gonna find out Paul Ryan had something to do with it I bet you now Steve do you know something yeah. that I don't know
6: let, let's we since we're uh, starting on the theme of backdooring and working our way backwards let me uh answer that question by first stating this as you know, we are in the greatest information war in the history of the world right now. Absolutely. It is, be, it is because for the first time since the advent of the Internet, so essentially 30 years ago with the release of Prodigy and CompuServe and AOL, uh, all of a sudden alternative voices, individuals like you and myself who were Uh, not uh, given necessarily mainstream platforms had access to either start, like I did start cutting my teeth in media and writing and, and uh, uh, commentary news analysis, that sort of thing. And then we started to see the, the emergence of rising stars coming from uh, those, those internet, you know, sources. And as a result of that, the, Mainstream media has been, uh, for the first time, uh, subjected to real competition. Now, I mean, obviously they had real competition when Rush Limbaugh launched into AM, AM radio back in 1988 and and changed, uh, uh, really changed the, the way information was disseminated at that at that point. And then and then, as I said, it shifted to the internet. But more and more and more, we're seeing guys with incredible penetration we just mentioned Ro- joe rogan a while ago i mean he is he is the biggest voice in media right now uh, he has more followers more readers more uh, views more clicks uh than than anyone else about bigger than bigger than tucker and so the uh the point being is is that he did that you know just by starting off starting out you know with a, a sheet hanging behind him and a, and a microphone in, in his living room or his bedroom and grown to what he is today. So there's a tremendous amount of alternative pressure on the big moneyed interest out there. And as we always know, Dan, follow the money. So now we have backed into the real story here. The one guy we haven't heard from yet is Tucker, obviously. It was very obvious also that on Friday evening when he closed out his show that he intended to be back on yesterday on Monday. He closed his show out by not only only promoting future future episodes and shows that he had uh, queued up, but he also said, I'll see you Monday. See you next week. So he had no idea that this was coming, but my sources, and they shall remain unnamed, tell me that this has actually been in the works for quite some time. Not necessarily that there's been some negotiation between Tucker and Fox uh, or the Murdoch clan uh, to end his tenure at Fox. That, that probably was not happening, but that the rumors and that the positioning and that the, uh, the, the chess pieces were being moved around on the board to make this happen. Now, the timing is uh, pretty stunning considering all that's going on at exactly the same moment. Uh, as you already brought up the announcement of uh, you know Biden running a second time, uh, the big Ray Epps story on uh, Sunday night on 60 Minutes, um, uh, uh, so, you know uh, something that Tucker has been very passionate about, and that I can tell you right now is that many, and, and this is this is another insider. Before I get to the big story, uh, the big big reveal. This is another. Uh, thing that's happening in a lot of the newsrooms on the right-wing side of the, the ledger right now, they are blocking stories about Ray Epps. They're afraid of this story. For some reason, they think that Ray Epps is going to uh, start launching lawsuits against these newsrooms like Dominion did against Fox. And of course, we saw the result there with a $787 million judgment against Fox. And so there, there, these newsrooms and these editors and, on right-wing sources are afraid of the Ray up story because they're afraid that, that, uh, lawsuits are going to start flowing from his direction. I welcome that because it, with those lawsuits then comes discovery, uh, with discovery comes the outing of who he really is and who he might really be. So, uh, I, I'm not afraid of that. And besides, you know, what are they going to take from me? Come get me. I'm, I, <laughs> you know, <laughs> un, un, unload with both barrels, and let's let's uh, let's have fun. But the, um, uh, the point being is, is that the money trail is what you have to look at. And the inside sources I have have told me that the Murdoch children, in particular, have had a, a long-term hatred for Tucker. They do not like him. They don't like his politics. They don't like his commentary. They don't like the stories that he covers and that he obsesses over. And that they have wanted him out for a long time. Obviously, they have a money problem in that regard because he's their number one draw. I mean, he – I think I read yesterday that last year he – generated $78 million in ad revenue last year for Fox on his own, dwarfing all of the other Fox hosts, dwarfing everybody on, you know, MSNBC and CNN combined. And so as a result of uh, his power in holding, drawing and holding an audience and therefore being able to the company being able to sell ad revenue based on the number of eyeballs watching his show. He was a powerful uh, uh, entity and it was very difficult for them to find a way to oust him. But when you follow the money trail even further, you find out that of course the Murdoch children are now basically wholly owned uh, uh, properties of uh, Chinese moneyed interests themselves. And now we're seeing, if you go pull up, just go pull up and see who, uh, the Fox News Corp's biggest investors are the number one you will see is Vanguard. The number three largest investor is BlackRock. I don't think I need to tell your audience who they are, <laughs> who no. they're aligned with. No, we all we all those, know very well. Yeah, what those controlling interests are, and if Vanguard and BlackRock says either you get rid of Tucker or we pull our investment stake, or you get rid of Tucker and we will buy more into your company, then that takes care of the problem of Tucker being such a financial windfall uh, in terms of ratings and ad revenue sales.
1: So there's and a bunch there's
6: of – your inside
1: scoop. There's a bunch of uh, contemplation that is happening today. Fox lost $6 a share value just yesterday after the announcement of Tucker. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, that is always in anticipation of. I've not been able, since I've been on the show, to look at it and see if it bounced back a little bit today. I would be surprised if it is. And as you said, $78 million in ad revenue, that's a lot of money, Steve. (laughs) And for those, and, and as much money as Lachlan, he's the one that pulled the trigger. I know that factually. I found out last night from an anonymous source, not anonymous, but Mm -hmm. I I can't name who it is, but somebody on the inside, he's the one that did the call. And I understand Tucker wasn't surprised at all. He had been expecting it to happen before now. And the expectation was that the excuse that would be given, and I don't know if this is the one that was given, but it was pressure It was put on by Dominion because of what Tucker did to them every night on the air, blasting them, even though he diminished the claims of voter fraud in many different ways. So you've got these pieces that are being thrown out there saying, here's part of the pie, but it's not seeming to fit together to me. If you just heard the I, Me- I, if you just they, heard the yeah. Megan, if you just heard that I and I know you were listening to the Megan Great. Kelly segment, I mean she's a Fox person. She knows it top to the bottom. Oh, yeah. But even when she was there, the boys, the Murdoch boys, they weren't there yet. And so, yeah. you know, they're rich kids, they come in with that already. They're Rupert Murdoch's kids. Uh I I don't know. Very much about Lachlan. I know about his brother, who's a great businessman, a numbers guy. But Lachlan is supposed to be the, you know, the programming guru. Um, That being said, I find it difficult for him to be a guru when he just kicks Tucker Carlson out the door with no kind of exit plan whatsoever. And I didn't even watch that time slot last night to see who they stuck in there. But they're going to lose a lot of money, period. There's no way to replace $78 million a year. Even if you have a plan, who are they going to put there that
6: can replicate that? Mm. Well, there's nobody that's going to replicate what he's doing right now. Uh, I, I remember after Rush passed away. We were all speculating of who the next Rush was going to be and who, if anyone could fill his shoes, who would be the, uh, the guys that are could know, take over his time slot and would they be able to hold Rush's audience? And, uh, you know, and, and the guys that are, have his old show, they don't, they don't do a bad job, but they, they certainly don't have the listenership that Rush used to have. And uh, some people thought it was going to be Bongino, that he would rise to the top. Other, I heard other names, other sources. But at the end of the day, it was Tucker. And I don't remember anybody discussing that it would be Tucker to become the most prominent voice uh, in right-wing circles media at that time. But that is, in fact, who it has become. And so as we started off this conversation, uh, there's no worries about Tucker landing on his feet. He's Correct. going to... He's going to be making more money than he ever made at Fox. He's going to be more powerful than he was before. But the victory that is being uh, attained from the progressive left-wing globalist great reset black Rock vanguard uh, forces that are out there is that they have marginalized yet another voice and being able to shove him over into an, ex- an extremist corner, at least paint him that way. Because as I, as I've said many, many, many times, and I I even wrote this line in the article I published last night about the Ray Epps 60 minute story. I said, if the New York times, if NPR, CBS, NBC, ABC don't say it, then it never happened. And that's how they control going right back to the top of our conversation. This great information war it's the lies of omission, and it is the blockade that they have because, as as big as we think Tucker is, um, Daily Wire, Blaze TV, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, those other sources on a worldwide basis, and even here in the United States, still dwarf um, right-wing media. It's still much larger. It still penetrates. In fact, one of the things that I always say, people always go, well, you know, you get all your information from right-wing sources. Well, no, actually I don't. I, I'm, I'm one of those people. And I'm one of my other actions is that I always say this, I listen to NPR every day so that you don't have to. And, and because I do look at other, um, media sources every day for my information and for balance and to understand their mindset and the way they're thinking and the way they're presenting the news. But the reality is we don't really even have to seek out their version of events and their version of the news, their version and portrayal of what's happening in the world because it's so pervasive, Dan. It permeates every aspect of our life. You can't watch just your favorite television show without getting the influence of that uh, side of the information ledger. You can't go to the grocery store without hearing. You can't look at a newsstand. You can't go anywhere. You're, you're going to get their version of events. We almost have to seek out the, you know, the, the right-wing sources, Daily Wire, Blaze, et cetera, et cetera, in order to find our balance because we're going to get the other side no matter what. It's very difficult to not be subjected to their version of events but that's how powerful they are. Yeah. And so even though they know that there's going to be a financial loss at uh, Fox, even though that they know they're going to take a um, uh, a hit on their stock price, they also know that they've got the backers there to bolster them, keep them alive, pay that big 787 million dollar fine. That was that could have Dan I'm speculating here, but that could have been part of the deal. Hey, don't worry about it. Get rid of Tucker, we'll take care of the 787 million dollar fine.
1: I've actually been told that. Yesterday I was told that, that that is part of the deal. I think that's...
6: It wouldn't a- surprise me in the least.
1: Either. Me either. Me either. Uh, because the perception is going to be Tucker and what he said is part of the f- what is happening. I mean, Bongino's out one week later. Tucker Carlson's out. And they settled with Dominion. So... I mean, there have been some big changes at Fox, more than we've seen since its beginning in just the last 10 days or so. That's monumental. Hey, I I just got a Mm -hmm. text from out on the West Coast asking a question. How much of Dominion do BlackRock and Vanguard own?
6: Yeah, you know, I I, I don't know that. I have not looked at those uh, connective tissues yet, but... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's something else that I wouldn't be surprised is uh, well they own
1: they own, just, they own big there. chunks of everything that's you know yeah, big
6: exactly.
1: and Dominion mm-hmm. is big and it's worldwide and the Chinese Communist Party own a chunk of it so why wouldn't Vanguard and BlackRock own a piece of it exactly. Wow so have you talked to any of your contacts
6: in Tucker's old office? no I, I the the source that i'm uh referring to that told me that this had been in the works for quite some time and that it was a direct result of those uh money pressures that were coming in uh is in fact a very close friend of uh tucker's uh, uh number one producer and so i'm I'm certain his uh conveyance of information to me was very accurate and and certainly very reliable. What is what is this going to do to Fox News? Well, if you look at the the Twitter sphere <laughs> the last twenty four hours, it looks like people are going to abandon them on uh, Moss right now, and I don't blame them. I, you know, I I don't I don't have cable TV anymore. When I see Tucker or see any other Fox News commentator or video, it's because I'm seeing that which is trending on the internet so I get the highlights and then if I'm really interested in it then I will go sign on and then watch the full the full content of whatever the story was and then the only time I ever see Fox News anymore is when I'm in a hotel room and uh, I think that it'll be interesting to see when I hit the road in the next couple of days again because I'll be on the road for another couple of weeks I will uh, be interested to see when I'm in my hotel room what my own attitude and feeling will be about Uh, which station I turn on as soon as I walk in the hotel room because that's the first thing I do. I turn the light on, walk over, find the remote control, turn television on and 99% of the time I always put it on Fox News because I don't have uh, or watch cable any longer. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what my own uh, psychological, emotional response will be when I walk in the first hotel room this weekend.
1: I wouldn't dare say that you and I would be considered to be typical Americans when it comes to news. You just shared one of your secrets about it. Whenever I hear any big story, I don't go to Fox first. Guess where Mm -hmm. I go first? I go to MSNBC. Secondly, I go to CNN. I always go to MSNBC first because they're going to be the furthest out there, (laughs) (laughs) even further than CNN. Then I go to CNN, and then I'll circle back. You know, the Jen Psaki terminology. Circle back mm-hmm. and go to Fox News. And then I began to really dig in and find out where the facts really are. And what's yeah. amazing, and it shouldn't even be amazing to me after all these years. What's amazing to me is how often I find out even conservative news is not really on target all the time. And I always wonder when I read what they're saying about an event or uh, an allegation or some wrongdoing by anybody, how they can miss it so very obviously and very seldom do any of them come back, especially not MSNBC or CNN. If they're ever wrong or they get it wrong, they never come back and correct the story. It says a lot about who they believe. I don't know if their audience is really like that, but who they believe their audience really is a bunch of nut jobs that really don't care about facts. I don't Mm -hmm. think that's the case. I really don't. I think most people choose a news source and they choose it based upon the personalities of who they're watching and listening to. A lot of people don't. But I think a larger number or percentage of people do that than we probably think do that. It's not based on raw information. It's based on... Personality that's presenting
6: it. No, that's exactly right. We are attracted to personalities. It's not only that's not only how we choose what we're going to watch in terms of uh, television or movies or other sources of entertainment, but also you know the <laughs> the, the people we vote for. Unfortunately, we have far too many vote for the person that they think looks the best or sounds the best or. Uh, conveys their well. I mean, look look at what happened to uh, Richard Nixon in the 1960 sure, yeah. presidential election against uh, uh, John F. Kennedy. Is Nixon was basically a shoe in uh, He was obviously the heir apparent to Eisenhower, but this was now the first time that a presidential debate debate had been televised, and um, John F. Kennedy being Catholic at the time was, uh, was unheard of that. I mean, it was just almost uh, uh, a given that a Catholic would not be voted into the White House and given that much power. That's just, you know, that's not a, that's not a um, uh, religious uh, uh, commentary at all. It's just the state of the American uh, electorate at the time. But what, what happened was is that JFK was so much more of a compelling figure and Nixon was a dud on camera. And as a result of that, um, um, obviously, we know that uh, John F. Kennedy did win that election.
1: Later, I went back and I actually looked at that, uh, that debate that they had. Nixon looked like an unmade bed, looked like he hadn't combed <laughs> his hair, hadn't shaved, and uh, he didn't smile And in contrast, JFK was a really sharp-looking guy and a sharp-dressed man. He just put Nixon to shame. Well, listen. Yeah, Nixon was a deer in headlights on that debate. You're right. Is it true that you may be live in studio here next week
6: sometime? It's possible. And if I don't make it on Tuesday, maybe Wednesday, we should... uh, do it. I don't know. I don't know what your schedule is, but uh, I am definitely going to be in Shreveport on Wednesday. I've got a project and just coincidentally in East Texas that I have um, uh, been asked to appear in a documentary. And so I'll be shooting for a couple of days uh, the end of next week uh, in East Texas. And then, which means obviously I'll be passing right through Shreveport on my way So I'll be there for a couple of days, and if I don't get there by Tuesday morning, uh, I can sure uh, absolutely be there Wednesday morning. We will
1: be excited to have you in studio always, and I don't do this often enough. Let me just say thank you for sharing all of your intellect, of course, your information, the news, and stuff like that that you get that you share with us and our audience, and our biggest show pretty much is on Tuesday, and it's in large part to you. I play some part in it, but in large part, it's the fact that you're here.
6: (laughs) Well, you play good guitar music at the beginning (laughs) of your shows. That's why I would tune in. Yeah. He's pretty incredible, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, I've heard that one before.
1: Yeah. Hey, listen, thank you for being here. You drive safe. Many may not know this about you, but you don't like to fly. And if it's good enough and you need to go there, your feeling always is drive instead. So be careful. Crazy stuff happening all across America today. Don't want you to get caught up in any of that.
6: I will be as safe as I can possibly be in more ways than I would be willing to (laughs) talk about uh, here on the (laughs) show. And we'll look forward to having you here in the
1: meantime. If you get any inside scoop on Tucker, or anything else for that matter of import, please let us know.
6: We'll do it. Hey, thanks, Dan.
1: Steve Baker, our longtime friend, and uh, he is welcome as you hear all the time, in, anytime at TNN Live. We're not done yet. There's more stuff out. You're not going to believe how much is going on around us. Guess who's up next? Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. She's fundraising off of Tucker. OMG.
0: When you can't control what happens, you can control what you know about it. That means the truth. Dan Newman on TNN. The Truth News
6: Network. Ladies, we ask your forgiveness. Please forgive our immaturity. Our
3: outbursts of tacky compliments forgive our browser history forgive our hormones taking control of us forgive us for thinking an open shirt is the ultimate weapon of appeal forgive us for opening
6: our beers like primates forgive for taking a no as a yes for insisting on playing a guitar that doesn't exist and please forgive us
3: for never washing our hands ever schneider the beer with the exact maturity for the man who's in the process
5: here's the latest traffic report looks like miles of trouble-free driving with napa auto parts your local napa auto parts dealer imodesto has a full line of quality parts for your car or truck Napa Auto Parts keeps America running, and Modesto Auto & Truck is ready to keep your vehicle running in tip-top shape for years
4: to come. So if you think your car or truck needs help under the hood, think of Napa Auto Parts and Modesto
5: Auto & Truck Parts, 924 G Street in downtown Modesto, 529-8342, 529-8342.
0: Undeniably the go-to source for nonpartisan, spin-free news from the world. TNN, the Truth Truth News Network, puts it all together for you every day at truthnewsnet.org.
1: Well, well, well. It's crazy how much stuff just comes up. During that break, I was uh, skimming the news to see what we may have not heard of. It was a big deal. In the last 30 minutes or so, believe it or not, it's kind of the same stuff. News, more news, bad news coming out of Sudan. We're gonna we're gonna keep our eyes close on what happens in Sudan. In case you missed the top of the show, I just mentioned we basically are doing the same thing in Sudan, pulling Americans out of that war-torn nation, just like we did Americans out of Afghanistan. Just like Antony Blinken told us then, our Secretary of State, he told us then that there are a lot of Americans that wanted to stay behind in Afghanistan. They're saying the same thing about 16,000 Americans that are on the ground in Sudan. And I don't think it's truthful. It wasn't truthful about Afghanistan. So, why would this administration not be doing everything they could aggressively getting Americans out of Sudan? Because those guerrillas over there, they're butchers, folks. It's not safe for anybody to be there once they get going like they're going there. We're going to keep our eyes on that for you. We'll bring you more through the day here at truthnewsnet.org. And uh, be praying for those Americans that are over there. Gosh, war is horrible. But being stuck behind enemy lines in a war, it's got to be way worse. So what about AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez? She's raising money, offered Tucker's leaving Fox News. So how's she raising money? She's pitching an attack against the comments he made on his show. You know, never waste an opportunity to make a buck. If you're a politician, to get a campaign contribution. A message from her team to supporters that was obtained by Punchbowl says that Carlson spent years, quote, viciously targeting women, people of color, and the LGBTQ community. The message also accuses Tucker of being directly involved in inciting violence during the January 6th insurrection at the Capitol and relentlessly expressing hate speech since his show began back in 2016. Her missive that went out to their supporters, AOC supporters, added to Carlson's exit from Fox is a positive development for anybody fighting against hate speech. Alexandria directly challenges Tucker Carlson and all the many voices like him that are sadly still on the air. She deftly exposes their hypocrisy. Calls out their racism and misogyny and advances policy that will create the more just, inclusive world they so desperately oppose. Oh my gosh, it makes me want to puke. Multiple Democrats are excited about Tucker's departure from Fox, criticizing comments he's made on his show, including those downplaying the violence during the insurrection. AOC only tweeted one word, wow, following the news that Tucker's leaving Fox. She accused him and others at Fox of inciting violence during the Capitol attack in an interview on MSNBC on Sunday, one day before it was announced Tucker is leaving. Fox News said in a brief yesterday that the network and Carlson had parted ways. His last show was last Friday night, and as, Steve mentioned just moments ago, it was kind of odd because when he was signing off the air on Friday night, he said, I'll see you Monday. And of course, that didn't happen. Obviously, Tucker was not planning on leaving Fox and certainly not planning on leaving it over the weekend. So the left, they just can't. They just can't let a good opportunity go by when they can somehow dance a jig on any bad thing that happens to any conservative, especially in media. So what do you think? Did you do a a circuit look across the late night media shows last night? And what did they have to say about Tucker's departure? If you didn't, I did. Here's a few of them.
0: Hi, I'm Jimmy Fallon, one of the few TV personalities who's still employed. Don Lemon and Tucker Carlson. For those of you who don't follow cable news, this is like if Ronald McDonald and the Burger King got fired on the same day.
7: Tucker's firing is going to leave a huge white power vacuum at Fox. Last Friday was his final show, which is great.
0: But also unsettling. At least when he had a show, we knew where he was. Tucker couldn't be reached for comment. He's already on a plane to Moscow to meet with his manager. (laughs) Tucker Carlson
4: has now worked and left MSNBC, CNN, and Fox News. He's running out of options now. Like, soon he's just going to be on the Weather Channel (laughs) saying that hurricanes are caused by drag queens.
7: was forced out by Rupert Murdoch, which is pretty ironic. Tucker spent so many years saying that Mexican people were coming to take our jobs away. Turns out he should have been worrying about Australians.
1: (laughs) So all those show hosts, late night show hosts that you just heard there, all 150 of their combined viewing audiences laughed. Tucker's audience dwarfs every one of those late-night talk shows, all of their viewers added together. But don't be surprised when you hear people on the left be giddy because Tucker's gone. You know why? They think, they honestly think because Tucker's gone, they're going to get some of Tucker's audience to come listen to the venom that they spew. They hate Americans. Americans are good for only one thing, and that's buying the goods of the advertisers, the very few advertisers that those talk show host networks can get paid for ads on those shows that you just heard. It's really sad, but you know what? What have we always said here at the since the beginning of TNN Live? Just because you think something's right doesn't mean it's right. Just because you think something's wrong doesn't mean it's wrong. That's just a fact. That's just a simple fact. There's some other news coming. It was interesting. I wanted to see what Sky News, you know, Rupert Murdoch owns Australia's Sky News, the biggest TV network over there. And Sky News pretty much is conservative, and I wanted to hear and see what they had to say about it. And they didn't say anything last night. I wonder why. You don't think that maybe they got the kibosh word from Rupert or from any one of the two sons that run Fox News? Anyway, Sky News did weigh in last night about the answer to the debacle that happened when Anheuser Bush. They did their Bud Light thing. I don't think they'll even ever be able to live through this. But they played a commercial, and I want you to listen to this. This is an antidote to Bud Light's wokeness. And it doesn't have anything to do with beer, but it has to do with the gender debacle that was illustrated in the Bud Light commercial.
8: And we've seen the catastrophic consequences for Bud Light when they went woke. Here is an antidote to that. This is Eggard, which is a watch company out of Florida, and they are taking a stand for women. When I was a little girl, I had this dream that seemed so impossible. I was going to be the fastest runner in the world. I got this little nugget of an idea from my dad. He used to watch me run and say, ain't no woman alive that can beat you. And I believed him. He made me feel invincible. It wasn't easy. I trained hard, harder than anyone else I know. But I was made for this. I was an unstoppable force, a life dedicated to perfection.
3: But even
1: perfection wouldn't be enough. That young lady in that that video, that commercial, um, she has one thing going for her that, that Mulvaney did not have going for him, her, and the Bud Light thing. That's a young lady and she's perfected and is competing in women's sports. Novel idea. You know, we we're, we can't go down that road anymore. Oh my gosh, we've got a new definition for Title IX, which means any university that gets money from the federal government in, in any way, it doesn't matter if it's women's sports, you gotta let a biological male compete against women or you lose your money. Here's the enigma for me in this entire thing. I lived through I was in media when the women's movement really got aggressive. Gloria Vanderbilt, you remember them now, National Organization of Women, out fighting for women's rights. we got to give them the same opportunity in school that men get in competitive sports. We've got to honor women. Women are just as important, if not more important, than men. And I agree with all of that. I really do. Where are those people now? Did women all of a sudden, did they get kicked to the curb by other women? Of all of the woke insanity, this is the piece that just blows my mind. I can't believe, but what has actually happened, women are turning on women. Talk about divide and conquer. Just think about it. It's no longer just good enough to be a woman. You've got to have the ability as a woman to go out there and tip the balance of the scale in your favor to give you a leg up to compete against other women. But now, throw a identifying female into the mix. Now think about that. You put a biological male on a track in a race against a real female. Is that fair? Is that equality? Is that equity? There is no logical way you can ever come up with an answer that says so. Certainly no way to come up with anything that would prove so. Every day it's just one more SMA shake my head. I just can't believe it. We're doing this, and it's being normalized by a huge segment of our political society. Oh, yeah, it's okay. Oh, you can identify as a peach tree if you want to. You've got that right. You can be anything you want to be. And we used to laugh at the little... The king is naked. You remember that? Just because you think something's right, it doesn't make it right or true or false. Things are what they are, period. And by the way, men are men and women are women. We're going to circle back we're going to pull a gin socket at some time and we're going to come back and we're going to go slap ourselves on the forehead and say, you know what? I knew that before. Why did I go down that rabbit hole? <laughs> it's insane. And by the way, in case you didn't know it, all the other places on our earth, I'm talking about in Europe, Scandinavia, all these other places where We felt in the United States like we had to follow them. They were so open and accepting of all of the isms out there. We've got to do that, too. We've got to wake up and be woke with them. They're all dropping it now. They're dropping it. It didn't make sense, biological or social or otherwise. So they're beginning to drop it. Will we? Are we going to have a presidential administration that's going to keep Keep pushing and pushing and making it worse and worse. Nobody's questioning in this administration about any of the obvious stuff out there. Oh, wind energy. We got to put all these massive wind turbines out in the middle of the water. Dozens of whales on the East Coast or washing up on the beaches. And somebody dared to say it's probably those wind turbines and All the green energy people, oh, no, 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 it's something else. There's got to be something in the water. And then we find out one climate expert, before they started putting those offshore, warned against this very thing happening. But we can't talk about that. That doesn't roll into the narrative of climate change, climate change. Forget about the fact that we had an ice age coming back in the 80s. We had global warming in the 90s. We missed it all. And so we're the ones that came up with a way so nobody can tell us you were wrong. We'll call it climate change because we know we're smart. We're scientists. We know climate changes all the time. So we're always going to be right now. Aha. Thank you, Al Gore. The most insanity on public stage that I've ever seen in my life. And I look at it and I laugh some, but it's very disturbing to me. Why? Let me tell you why. I have six grandchildren. Youngest is in the eighth grade. I've got three right now that are juniors in high school that are about to go into their senior years. The world that we are giving them that contains all of this untruthfulness, they're inheriting that. Not to mention the Joe Biden inflation, the insanity that's out there. Joe Biden, if you heard us play, we played it twice, his announcement that he's going to run again, the video... He doesn't even talk about any of the debacles that have happened in his administration. He doesn't even mention one accomplishment that he's had in his administration. He didn't talk about any of the problems in his administration. And he didn't talk about anything he's going to do if he's reelected. That is the epitome of, you just got to elect me for one reason. I'm a Democrat that's all that matters. Think about think about that for a second. Wow. This has been a incredibly information-filled show and we're not done yet. Our final break coming up. When we come back, there's some blockbuster news about once more Secretary of State Antony Blinken And you're not going to believe this But it includes Hunter Hunter Biden
0: You're fighting back the tidal wave of deceit Lies, spin, and ignorance With TNN The Truth News Network
6: When your cable company keeps you on hold You get angry When you get angry You go blow off steam When you go blow off steam Accidents happen when accidents happen, you get an eye patch. When you get an eye patch, people think you're tough. When people think you're tough, people want to see how tough. And when people want to see how tough, you wake up in a roadside ditch. Don't wake up in a roadside ditch. Get rid of cable and upgrade to DirecTV. Call one 800 tv
0: Long live the courageous. Hey, tenacious, the ones who push forward and give back, long live the greater good, the helping hand, those who fall and get back up, and long live the truck with the strength the will to our work and the commitment to outlast them all. Ram. Proven to last.
1: Now why would it shock anybody that Anthony Blinken, who as part of the Hillary Clinton administration when she was Secretary of State, also part of the Obama administration, now part of the Biden administration, that Secretary of State and Anthony Blinken has a long-standing relationship with Joe's son, Hunter. They met, had a meeting at the State Department in July of 2015, when Blinken was the Deputy Secretary of State in the obama biden administration. Hunter was, by the way, on the board of Burisma in Ukraine at the time. The ties between the pair could face a lot of additional scrutiny after the former CIA Deputy Director Michael Morell testified that Blinken, as Biden's then-campaign senior advisor, played a role in the inception of the public statement signed by those 51 intelligence officials that claimed that Hunter's abandoned laptop was Russian disinformation. Emails from that laptop tell us that Blinken sought to discredit and show that Hunter has ties to Blinken and his wife, Evan Ryan, dating back over a decade scheduled meetings with him while he was on the board of Burisma. Blinken was then Deputy, Deputy Secretary of State. May 22nd of 2015, in an email, Hunter tried to schedule a meeting with Blinken so he could get the Deputy Secretary of State's advice on a few things. Have a few minutes next week to grab a cup of coffee, Hunter asked. I know you're impossibly busy, but would like to get your advice on a couple of things. Absolutely, Blinken replied. I'm just about to land in Tokyo on my way back to D.C. from Burma. I'll be in the office from Tuesday on, copying Linda in my office to find a good time. Look forward to seeing you, Tony. Hunter then forwarded Blinken's response to his business partner and fellow Barisma board member, Devin Archer. And it just goes on and on and on. Listen, if it quacks and waddles, it's a duck. It's quacking, and it's waddling, and I got to be honest with you, it's a duck. The Biden administration, Antony Blinken, and others are up to their eyeballs in corruption with Hunter Biden. Wow, wrap on the show. I had a great day with you, and it's better because of you. We'll see you tomorrow morning. Uh
8: Got nothing in my brain but That's what people say Mm-mm.